Hello and welcome back everyone to Inspiration for Your Soul. I'm Callie Rawson and this week's guest, Roxy Sugar, is a designer and founder of Angel Rocks and Sugar and a former professor at Parsons The New School of Design, where she instructed design and marketing students in fashion industry design with an overview of the business of apparel with an emphasis on drawing and presentation skills. Roxy's design collection is sold in over 200 fine locations across the country, including a sweet little flagship boutique, Sugar, serving angels of all ages and sizes with designs that transition from day to evening, from active to formal. Her collection of elegant, versatile designs is crafted from sumptuous plant-based bamboo and organic cotton knits that gently shape and comfort in cozy layers inspired by ancient beauty but ideal for modern women. The business is family-run and blossoming thanks to the beautiful customers that support them and the guidance of her wonderful husband, Julian Schlaber, and their talented staff that crafts each piece in a historic textile mill in downtown Biddeford, Maine. They are deeply committed to charity and community. Seeking balance is the inspiration behind their logo and mantra, May Peace Prevail. During our talk, Roxy shares her fascination with the psychology of fashion, and she made notes on how a number or a letter on the labels of clothing affected her customers to such a negative degree that she devoted her collections to solving this issue. She assists with empowering her customers to feel even better about themselves. The sustainability and versatility factors are another high point of her clothing line. This talk will be an inspiration for your soul. Thanks for listening. I love your rainbow loop. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, and you know that supports Equality Maine. Oh, I love it. And I yep. want you to share more about that. But everybody, I'm super excited to have Roxy Sugar on today. And am I, is it sugar? It is sugar, Callie. I thank love you. it, Miss Sugar. You. Thank you. Uh, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So I, everybody, I got to meet her yesterday. She showed me around her. Uh, she has two stores, one in Bitterford, Maine, and one in Portland, Maine. And then she has rented out a mill, but I'm going to let her share that in her story. But I'm wearing one of her scarves here, and she was just sharing that it's for, what is it for? Well, so it's a new initiative we started just this year called the Ripples. And basically we, you know, have, you've got the rainbow ripple, which I just love. And we, everyone supports a different charity. So it's a benefit ripple loop and the rainbow ripple supports um, Equality Maine, um, which has been working for, you know, just supporting uh, fair treatment um, of everyone since like 1984. Then we have the blue, the blue ripple supports the democracy project, which is uh, trying to build more civics education in fourth grade across Maine. We've got one, I mean, we've got about like, I think six different ripples supporting different causes right now. And we're going to continue to ripple out more. So $10 from the sale of every ripple is donated to the charity and cause. So we're really excited as a new initiative for the ripples. That's wonderful. And your store is so eclectic. You have so many different things in there. 
And I, I had so much fun just looking around and, and I'm looking forward to going back too. <laughs> we look forward to having you back. Definitely. It was such a joy to have you, to be able to, you know, walk you around the mill and escort you up to sugar. And, and I'm so glad you had a good time playing with Tina. Thank you. And Thank you. so tell us um, how your story started. I read on your website that your grandmother had taught you how to sew. And so it, it was instilled in you from a very young age to mm -hmm. create clothes. Yes, yes. And uh, so um, I, I would love the audience to know about where you started and where you are and, um, and how they can get in touch with you. Thank you. Um, well, so yeah, I did. I was I was actually blessed um, somehow with five grannies, five grandmothers, and um, I mean that's a blessing. And so two of them uh, both encouraged and were avid stitchers and sewers. And so I learned to sew when I was eight. And um, after deciding I probably wasn't going to be able to go on point and become a ballerina, I committed to fashion probably by the age of you know eleven or twelve. 12 and have never looked back. Um, I, uh, you know, of course, after college and, um, you know, moved to New York and worked for other companies for a few years to, you know, earn my chops and, and uh, learn a lot and before launching my own brand. And um, I launched Angel Rocks uh, in New York in 1999 and um, then um, you know, grew it very organically, very tiny, very small, um, and until um, 2012, we relocated the business to Maine and my husband came on board and, and now it has blossomed too. We have this incredible sweet team of, I think around 20 to 24 um, angels that um, are handcrafting everything in this glorious textile mill in Biddeford, Maine. Um, anybody can see all the things we make um, and more, some of the makers we support through our sugar stores on our website, which is angelrocks.com. And that's one word angel rox.com and um, there's lots of fun things that you can see and explore and understand um, about what we're doing but we're just so honored to be making plant-based sustainable um, fashion that is not it, it's 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 classics that are about empowering um, our angels our customers to just feel their very best about themselves so they can just go through their lives um, you know spreading all the joy they're meant to and uh, so our team is incredibly proud to be cutting and making it all right here in Maine and in this historic textile mill that's just the floors even are just soaked in the the history of American industry and particularly textiles. So it's 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 a joy. It's amazing. I love that you were showing me around Biddeford and showing me your factory. It's just amazing. And the people that you work with are so loving and so supportive. Would you share with the audience what continues to inspire you to do what you do? Absolutely. Well, you know, as I started my journey into um, the world of fashion and clothing, um, I very quickly, and as I launched my brand, I launched Angel Rocks, you know, became just really fascinated by the psychology involved in the fashion industry and very I became very anti-fashion in many ways because I don't think it should be a barometer of how you feel about other people or how you judge anyone or most importantly judge ourselves 
And as I first launched, um, you know, and just using resources that were available to me and didn't have my own custom size labels or anything, um, and just seeing the struggle some of uh, my customers would go through, you know, over a letter on a size label and, and in terms of judging themselves, you know, a letter or a number. And in terms of, you know, the criticisms they would put on themselves, you know, if, if suddenly they might need, you know, the larger of the options just because based on that cut and that fit and that fabric. And I mean, that is why, you know, the industry, there is no standard. There can't be any standard in sizing because we are also absolutely individually unique in our shapes, in our sizes, in our stages, in how we develop, how we feel, how we like things to fit, how we like them to wear. So, um, so I, you know, so I very early on adopted, um, you know, unique sizing that would put a positive spin on that and try to eradicate some of that um, self-criticism um, or, you know, that, that uh, not, not just women, but in particular women, you know, really subject themselves to. And so, you know, started adopting that instead of a extra small through extra large, it's a feather bird wing song joy. And, you know, instead of SM and ML and, you know, fits more, it's Cloud Sun Joy. And, and so that along with devoting myself to sustainability, to plant-based fibers that comfort the skin and soothe the skin, uh, my commitment to versatility and being able to get more out of one piece to minimize our consumption or our need as another step towards sustainability. Um, and, you know, so to see the joy uh, and the, the 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 see these angels that we serve blossom and actually like somehow feel the love that we're putting into what we do what we make and how we serve them i mean that's that's where my joy is coming from in terms of my workspace completely and that is what my beautiful team also you know is so important to them in the work that we do because we are serving love and um and you know it has just been incredible to me to have the stories come through of um you know some of angels saying that they're getting to know or where our brand has been life-changing for them of you know uh, whether it's thinking of themselves as a joy and giving them the self-confidence to achieve things that they never thought they would to going through you know severe um times of medical need or crisis and you know the pieces supporting them on that journey um and so that's it that that's it in a nutshell and they're my guide they're my muse i try to listen and the only development that happens is you know by listening to those angels telling me what they need and what they want that's amazing wow i really get that too when i visited your store i got that vibe from your store just very loving very inclusive and i love it so I'm hoping that, you know, some of these listeners out there can get a chance when they do come to Portland, Maine, to visit your store. You know, it's a great place to visit Portland and um, and as well as Biddeford, which is only oh, a short 20, 20 minute drive. 15, 20 minutes. And mm-hmm. one of my favorite statistics about Biddeford as we relocated here is we are actually t- within 10 minutes 
drive of 80% of the sandy beaches in Maine. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. because most of it's rocky coast, you know, up, up east and up north. And, and so it's, we are very beautifully situated here um, <laughs> with all so much goodness. And the mountains are only like, lakes and mountains are an hour to two hours away. But, you know, I can be to the beach in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, it's so you know, close. Yeah, it's, it's nice. <laughs> So you said something about being a ballerina. You actually look like a ballerina. You have the ballerina body. You even have the ballerina hair. You're so adorable. So you, you said so you had a dream to be a ballerina? I just, I love dance. And so, yes, my, I, you know, got to take ballet classes up until the age of, I think it was 11 or 12. And uh, I loved it. And, and then at that time there was transitions in life and my parents weren't able to, to continue getting me to lessons and so I wasn't able to go on point which I was so excited to do um and uh but so you know I am a ballerina at heart I'm a you dancer are. at heart I love I mean oh my gosh it's uh it's it can it can it can scare people a little bit when they see me dance because <laughs> I love to dance, so. <laughs> and what I love about your styles too they they seem like they're ballerinas like they're very flowy and very um elegant and very um, sweet and you have two different lines you have one that's very sweet and feminine mm -hmm. and the other one is sweet too but it's more like casual more for like every day but you could wear both every day but it, it's neat uh, yeah, that, I mean, just to kind of, you know, the, the, some of the two sister collections are Angel Rocks and Sugar. And Angel Rocks is definitely highlighted by um, a little more of a free spirit, a pretty femininity, this signature pearl detailing, a ton of playfulness and versatility. Um, pieces that morph into like, you know, dozens of options. It's, it's really fun and, and great for videos. And we have a blast with it. And it's great for, you know, those with a real free spirit um sugar are are you know kind of smooth essentials so they're really core pieces they're so some are more fitted like our core tank our cap tunic some are you know very sleek and sophisticated like our trousers um and you know our harlow pants um some are career and corporate like our cocoa blazer i mean you know you can walk into any boardroom on any level in a, a sugar look and be, fit right on in with any suit but be much more comfortable. And after your <laughs> long, hard day, curl up and sleep in it if you have to, get right back up and keep rolling and you're still gonna look great. Um, and the other joy is that although, yes, our, our pieces work for our customers from wellness to sleepwear to you know everything in between, so it can be casual, but we can also work the pieces to the very highest end of formal. And so we serve brides, we serve bridal parties, we you know can take you to the nines, head to toe, formal ball, if, if we get to do those again someday. So. Oh, I cannot wait. <laughs> me too, me too, me too. I love it, you can go from the boardroom to meditation to yep. yoga to taking mm -hmm. a nap to going to a wedding in the same piece it is exactly. it's crazy amazing it's fun it's fun um so um i'd like to for you to share with audience a specific time that you remember you know on your journey to becoming this incredibly successful fashion designer and world-renowned um would you share one of the struggles that you felt like really derailed you that you felt like, oh my gosh. And then how did you get back on track after that? 
Um, I'd be honored to. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Um, it, you know, I, I would definitely say my biggest derailment happened in um, 2001. Um, and uh, so I launched the business in 1999, and of course, you know, thankfully, with a lot of um, ambition and and um, and uh, not enough probably thorough knowledge of what I was throwing myself into. So I took my you know little bit of hard-earned savings and a very immaculate credit, and you know said oh, I'm gonna do it all, and opened a store down on Orchard Street in Chinatown in Manhattan and was producing in the basement and had um, the store upstairs and so ambitious that my brother architect, we, we built our own lit runway in the store so we could hold events. It was to be an art gallery space. Um, it was so much fun and, and it was, you know, an amazing experience. Um, but uh, it was, you know, a little too far down on um, uh, Orchard Street at that time to, to be quite there. It was still pretty much Chinatown, although it was starting to turn. It was a little off for location. Um, and so, you know, that year there, although I made a lot of headway in progress with launching my brand, um, it, it put me into some pretty challenging financial straits um, of just, you know, um, not being able to generate quite what I needed to. So I had to get out of the store um, after a year, and that was like June of 2001. And so I retracted, and that whole year of being in the store, I was still to do it, I gave up my apartment. I lived in the store in the back in a loft um, that we built in the back. And the store had no heat and the bathrooms were in the basement. So luckily I adopted a stray cat who helped with the um, resident rats in Chinatown basements. And uh, we had a good time, Mr. Dapper, he was a sweet cat. And um, luckily I had dear friends that I could um, visit to shower. <laughs> and so, you know, got, got through that year and then retracted into um, uh, an unheated artist loft in Dumbo. And that was, um, you know, right as 9-11 happened in Manhattan. And so it was a crescendo of things that year. Um, so it it definitely was um, a time of deep reflection. And as I was in the you know the artist loft deep winter, rotating like uh, like a, something on a spit to keep one side warm while the other side froze um, to get through the night. Um, you know, I, th there was a moment when I was like, I, I want to do anything else, I, secretary, anything. Just give me a pile of something to process, please. Um, but I didn't. <laughs> I, I, um, so I, you know, couldn't do it. I needed to stay committed. So I um, basically regrouped and um, found a job with another designer. So I uh, worked with Vivian Tam for a few months, which was um, an amazing uh, experience and so much fun. And, and that was kind of the high-end uh, level that I had worked with too. So that was a lot of fun to, to dip my toes in and um, was able then, uh, I'd also started uh, modeling at, um, for fashion design classes at Parsons, which you know became very much a part of my journey because I ended up teaching at Parsons as a professor um, while I was getting Angel Rocks kind of incubated for eight years um, before moving to Maine. And that was a huge honor to be able to teach and to share and, you know, to guide and inspire and maybe help some other aspiring designers avoid some of the pitfalls I had gotten into myself. But through between, um, you know, taking that, you know, senior level job again for a few months, um, I was able to get into a properly heated apartment with a lovely, lovely shower and bathroom with two girlfriends and um, big enough to also keep 
cultivating and growing Angel Rocks once I was ready to renew that step. And so that was in 2003, I really um, started kicking it up again um, and becoming fully committed to, to, you know, trying to make it work. Could you like pinpoint like what exactly what it was that just kept you going? Like, what was that? That I, it, I think it's it's this you know it, it's this flame inside that you just know this is what you're meant to do. This is you know that you know is what you have the potential for. And no matter what the world is trying to tell you, and no matter what the circumstances are, and no matter how every normal barometer may be saying, no, you're failing right now. You just don't, you won't believe it. You don't believe it. You can't believe it because you believe in yourself. And mm. so um, I'm glad I, awesome. I, I stayed true and mm -hmm. kept the faith. So how long have you been in Maine? Um, we moved here. It was it was like a slow extraction out of New York uh, over the course of several months. But we finally, even the very last uh, move up was so fun. Um, we loaded the last of the merchandise um, into the last of the U-Haul trucks. It was like December 21st or 22nd. We land here, it's like midnight, one o'clock. Um, and the next morning we had to pull boxes out and ship Christmas orders. Wow. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was a doozy, but that was 2012. So then um, 2013, we, um, we kind of got a house. We knew we could kind of just roll through for the first few months while we figured things out. And, um, and then rather than going straight to the mill to start setting up our production and manufacturing um, facility and fulfillment, I decided let's do first, let's um, situate ourselves in a retail storefront. And so for the first year of sugar being open, we just had a little bit in the front that was devoted to retail. And then we were producing and shipping and doing everything within the store. So that year we grew from my husband and myself and my father-in-law who was pitching in right when we landed here um, that first year um, to a team of 10 all working out of that store and so on the one year anniversary of opening the store we didn't celebrate that at all our mill space was ready and instead it was move day and we extracted production fulfillment moved it down the hill to the mill and then have you know we're able to open up sugar to the lovely space it's been for angels for the last eight years wow yeah so did you start in Biddeford first um, that yes, yes, yes. So Biddeford is our flagship location, oh. flagship store. And part of the motivation was Biddeford was start. I mean, it was it was it was almost kind of had just gone through its lowest point. Um, but, you know, there were a couple of creative things starting to happen. I think, you know, Engine was developed, the arts organization, the Heart of Biddeford has done amazing work. Elements was open right as we opened Sugar, Banded Horn opened their brewery. So there were just a few components starting to happen. But I, you know, kind of ca campaigned with my husband to open the retail store because he was like, oh, I don't know if we want to deal with that. And, but I said, listen, you know, Biddeford needs catalyst for change. And so, maybe if we introduced you know a little more upscale retail our new york sensibilities in a retail environment it can be part of the catalyst and change and and i think it very that along with the biddeford balls that we held um and organized i think you know we're very much a part of many many very very you know cool creative um entrepreneurial talents that have um blossomed and emerged in biddeford but it's been really fun to be one of one of the kind of the early settlers of this way and and to you know see that change happen 
Yeah, I was talking to one of the ladies that has grown up there while I was there, and she said the neighborhood has completely shifted. Yeah, yeah. Completely. And I love it because you could literally spend the day there and not go anywhere else because there's like a little coffee shop, and then you go shopping at Sugar, and then there's restaurants and nightlife and bars, and it's just, it's a really cool, um, it's it's not like a block. It's kind of, um, it's got that triangular section mm -hmm. like you see in New York sometimes, you know? Well, it's, it's part of why we landed here, of course, because coming so out of 18 years in New York, you know, nine in Manhattan, nine in Brooklyn, you know, it, we, I was not ready for the country. And <laughs> so what's nice about Biddeford is because it, it was such a, a really huge, important manufacturing center, well deep into the 60s and 70s and, um, and you know, starting in the 1830s, 1840s, 1850s. So um, it was it was a thriving downtown. I mean, there are so many ballrooms and social clubs and spaces in Biddeford. So it's not a sleepy little New England town. It, it's, it's, a, it's a little city. It's a city. And so it, you know, it's got a lot of character and, but it still had a, a plenty of grit <laughs> and city gritty to, to make us feel right at home, of course, coming from New York. So, um, so we, you know, absolutely saw all the potential, you know, revel in it and just love seeing it all transpire and all these incredible mill spaces turning over to mixed use and apartments and live and workspaces and just and it's really been um because portland sort of is portland's amazing maine but of course um you know started really pricing out young people um from a real estate perspective and everything so with biddeford being 15 minutes down the road from portland it's almost like a suburb of portland maine but um it's really been a huge magnet um, and so we've got the youngest population in Maine now in Biddeford. Um, and as well as that, I've been so impressed with the school systems um, and they have a lot of additional funding, not only to really serve the kids who need a ton of extra help, to really help new immigrants and new Mainers coming from so many countries that, you know, just that, that and helping them settle and helping them survive and helping them thrive. And so there's a really just a, it's a great community and we're thrilled to be here. Wow. You know, going to your your factory, uh, one of your um, I think I met your brother in law. Yes, yes, Ben. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he had this cotton plant sitting right in front of his computer. And honestly, I've never seen a cotton plant in real life before. Yeah. It was so beautiful. Oh, it is a gorgeous flower. And it's, you know, it's, um, you know, cotton is very dear to my heart on many levels. Um, first of all, it is a wonderful fiber for our bodies, um, especially when grown organically without the use of pesticides um, and um, and without, you know, any, um, you know, it, it unfortunately has a, a lot of uh, reputation around the world for many levels on many reasons for a long time, but it, it is a wonderful, beautiful plant. It's a wonderful fiber. And, um, um, and um, and so we love it. And I'm also from the South. I was um, my formative years are all Alabama. And so, you know, there's just um, 
for me there's a deep connection and and then as i shared with you our our son is named cotton and um more for his great grandfather who we were considering naming him after was named um clarence otto or his initial co um and so we thought about otto and as a name but i was committed to almond for the almond brothers band i'm i'm, I'm a fan i, I just am I, I am till 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 death um and beyond but um anyway so i wanted almond up in there right and so the first night my husband went, we were thinking of playing with all these names all these names to go with almond and he said cotton almond and the second i heard it i was like oh that's it because it just rolls right off the tongue but if for some reason he decided he didn't like that name he could go by auto which is right in the middle or co which is at the beginning and so it's an homage to his great grandfather and just deliciousness all around that's sweet but, yeah you know i also love that you shared with me um, you took me by this old building that you said uh, supplied the um, China cotton and the logos started because of that company. And I was like, wow, what a great historical. Um, it's like you're a museum or a historical society <laughs> telling oh, me. Well, we we're geeks on history. I, I architecture, antiques. I mean, I was raised, you know, scouring auctions and learning antiques and woods. And, and I just, I, I'm a geek for history. And you can tell it if you walk through the doors, especially of our Portland store, it's in this beautiful building, the East Swayze Pottery Building. And so we actually were fortunate enough to be able to put together a whole collection of the original East Swayze Pottery that was made in that building um, in homage, you know, to that history and and we're just we're all about it and so in Biddeford you know being in so the pepperell mills um that where we make our product um they first formed in like the 1840s 1850s and it is just this incredible complex of uh buildings and and industry but it was all uh, initially about woven um fabrics and cotton fabrics and so the building we were walking on some people call it the the fort wall um, but it's basically, it's the cotton storage building. And so it's a super long building with tiny windows and low ceilings designed for the purpose of being able to just store one or two bales high but basically for them to be able to take position on cotton when it was a good year and then have plenty for the years when crops didn't come through as well and um, be able to spread that out. So it was really smart on their part. And, um, but in those early, um, you know, early days of, of the industrial kind of movement um, in the early 1800s uh, and mid 1800s. And, and you know, apparently th that they, they did very, very well through the Civil War when all supplies of cotton um, from the South kind of stopped. They had supplies to get them through and be able to, you know, continue making the fabric. And then what they were one of the biggest exporters in the world to China and Asia and other places. But then they um, apparently, as I've heard the story told by the Biddeford Mills Museum and, and my husband, who is just also avid on this, um, that the um, buyers there wanted some security to know it was definitely Biddeford, it was definitely Pepperell Mill cotton 
fabric they were getting from Biddeford, Maine. They wanted an assurance of that. So they developed um, a chop or trademark, um, a stamp, and the stamp they primarily used is the griffin, which is like a winged um, uh, a winged dragon, so that it would really relate to the customer and because they wouldn't be able to read English. So it was, you know, it was, so that was like the first logo, the first stamp, the first trademark, is so they would know it was the genuine thing from Biddeford, Maine that they were getting. That's amazing. amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So yes. if anybody out there listening has never been to Maine, you definitely should come out here. There's a lot Good of rich history and it's yeah. beautiful. The food here, really? We're foodies, like, we're foodies. And so much of it's, so much of it's local, local. Farmers markets. Yeah. We care about the environment here. They have a lot of trails here. Yeah, um, it's amazing. So they call it vacation land for a reason. You right? know, I it totally got that. that on the license Good. plates. I yeah. always wondered why. I is totally it awesome? get it. <laughs> so much. And then, so when did you start coming out to Maine? Uh, so we, so I first started coming to Maine um, when I uh, met my future husband. Um, we started dating in 2003 um, and his father had just, he was from Cambridge, but his father had just recently, um, um, his mother had passed away and he got, um, uh, you know, uh, the fortune to be able to look to invest in a new home. And so he looked to Maine and, and uh, so he ended up purchasing a house in Saco, Maine, along Ferry Road and uh, backing up to a beautiful field. And, um, you know, he's an avid gardener. And, and so we started coming up that year that he got the house to, to visit him. And so Maine became, um, Saco in the Biddeford area, um, became our haven from New York. So we'd come up about once a month. And I remember just like we would leave on a Friday, you know, however long it took us to get out of Alcatraz. And we would get here, turn off our cell phones, and I would not pick the thing up again or turn it on again until we left on Sunday to head back to New York and we would just help him in the gardens and just you know so and we we uh through and then our son was born and um and on his first Easter I was like kind of like you know guys I think I want to go somewhere and just celebrate today just this new life in my hands you know and and uh my arms and so we stumbled upon the most sweetest little like um uh accepting like for everybody like really almost multi-denominational or non-denominational super inclusive tiny little church by the sea called union church and so we ended up showing up late as a baby you know but such warm welcoming and so then so then um my father-in-law paul pops um he immediately got very involved in the church and has been i think deacon or whatever for years now he's just moderator he's he's uh so committed and and so helps guide that gorgeous group of people that just are all about helping others and just coming together to celebrate life and so it was really nice in the transition to you know already be getting to know people and have a little sense of community and and things as we found our way here permanently so amazing your journey to today uh, and i'm so happy that i got to connect with you and likewise meet you yesterday um, I'm so glad in the COVID situation that it's kind of, you know, it's slowly starting to open up. And I, and I had asked you, did you need to close your stores down? 
you did yeah. for three yeah. months. Yeah, right? three months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year, and yeah, it is really tough. I mean, um, both stores were completely, completely shuttered for um, from mid March to mid June, and then I think finally late June we started, you know, creeping back open a little, get a little. Um, but you know, it's it's still it's still not back fully yet but little by little day by day you know we're trying to all just safely make our way and you know we were lucky right from the get-go because we were able to um you know maintain at least you know a core team and then to keep producing and keep serving um the online channels and then um quickly developed our own signature mask out of our kind of tissue whisper weight fabric um and that is that that you know along with many factors helped us survive last year of having a, a fantastic comfortable um option in that arena and um and then allowed our team to work together safely i mean we have as you saw we have 12 foot 20 oh, foot between workstations Amazing. and and 16 foot ceiling so you know it just it always felt good and we've taken every precaution for our team for our staff for our customers um, that walk through the door to to ensure everybody's safety through the, this incredibly challenging year yeah did you find that um, people were going more online at the time and did that help you get through it, that it, time? it did it did there was a, a a great you know immediate shift to online support there was you know such a beautiful outpouring of support for makers and small businesses um what was incredible last year and it's given me goosebumps while i talk about it is um how many angels that i had served years and years and years ago when i'd set up my wares on the you know on the little corner of um houston and sullivan in manhattan um, next to um, um, this uh, cathedral, uh, uh, it'll come to me in a minute of what its name is, but they have a big sign that says peace to the world on it. And so it always felt like the right corner for me to set up and hawk my wares. But, um, you know, all these New York customers from all these different markets that we had served from Bryant Park to up by the Museum of Natural History, all, you know, started thinking, oh, who, who you know, who makes comforting clothing? What maker can I support? Where can I get things? And so all these incredible angels that had bought from me years and years and years ago came back to the fold last year and found us again and saw how much more we're doing and, and so that was really rewarding and exciting and gratifying as well to just kind of have those loops and circles you know come around so wonderful you know i mother's day is coming up and easter so every year my mom would always buy me a dress for easter so my mother-in-law i got her um one of your flirty lady flirties oh, and she loves it and now oh. I say you know what I'm gonna get you a companion piece you know what I love about your clothing yeah. is that you can have a companion piece mm. and then upgrade your companion piece and it's just it and it's so beautiful and so flattering and um I'm super excited for you to keep growing and I and love growing our friendship it's wonderful. Good for you. Yes, we all need new dresses around yes. Easter. Not just Easter, Passover, right, spring, everything. Again, you know, it's not. It's it's just about that celebration of spirit of new life. And it was always my my bra. One of my one of my five grannies. She would always make sure I had a new dress uh, for that time of year too. And that that was my favorite. Of course, were my fluffy dresses with full skirts. And I would just turn round and round and round and round and see how. Well, 
far they can fly up, you know, I love it. When um, Tina was helping me the other day, she said she calls one of your skirts, the, the ladies, um, a petticoat. She's like, put it under as a petticoat. It's so exactly. cute. Exactly. It is a modern petticoat. I mean, that the flirt and lady flirt are, it's one of my favorite iconic pieces because it can be just this yummy, you know, warm, cozy kind of poncho or like scarf and coziness um, on the body. It can be um, a strapless. And I like to think of it as a strapless slip under mm -hmm. another coordinating piece. Or if you have a vintage dress and it's maybe a little itchy or not so comfy, you know, put that under as your sort of modern slip mm -hmm. protector. It offers gentle support um, because of the stretch. It comforts because it's bamboo. Um, and then it's got a wonderful full circle skirt. So if you start spinning around, it will do its magic. So I've had, you know, from dancers, um, salsa dancers, you can even layer multiple two or three. I've seen customers do a flirts and lady flirts for tiered, you know, <laughs> extravagance. And then definitely for formal and bridal, we, the lady flirt, you shimmy it down long and you've got this beautiful, but modern mm -hmm. petticoat flounce. And it, it's, it, it is super, super fun. And what's also is it kind of reminds me a little bit of Star Wars a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's yeah. definitely with my collection, it's, it's about this, you know, things like the opera sleeves, things, you know, there's so many, the, the hourglass, which can be on your body as a, you know, extra shape or comfort skirt layer extension or around your neck for warmth or up as a hood. You know, there's a very um, warrior, protective, timeless, you know, e eternal sense to it. And and what I love is how seeing how we combine things. And yes, it, it can be Star Wars. So maybe was that way back in time or is that way in the future? Exactly. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But it also, you know, there's all these pieces. Yeah. And crosses culturally. Mm -hmm. So what I also love is you can be extremely modest. Um, you can, you know, uh, just layer in coverage and it aligns with, you know, just so many beautiful cultures around the world and offers them an opportunity, you know, to dress appropriately and accordingly to their beliefs and their history and their past, um, you know, but in our modern yummy. I face. love it. Yeah. And so how do people get in touch with you through angelrocks.com? Uh, that's the best, you know, initial mm -hmm. portal is the website. Of course, they can always reach out directly. I mean, you can email, I think we set up hello at angel rocks recently. Um, you know, and if you're of course in Maine, you can visit us in person in Biddeford mm -hmm. um, and or um, Portland. And we do have a beautiful partner stores around the country that carry the uh, collections as well, both angel rocks and sugar. We have a list of a, a few select ones on our website that have a really great representation, but um, are always open and love to connect with new communities. So if there's ever, you know, somewhere in your community, you'd like to see it, you know, you can always pass along the good word, but you might find it in a store near you too, of some, even if it's just some of the little, little goodies like the band or the hourglass, you know. That's so great. Oh, Roxy, you're so amazing. Thank That's you, you so much. Thank you. I feel like I have met a dear friend, you know, from uh, who knows what long time before. But um, there's a quote that we're this beautiful uh, jewelry maker that we're going to be getting in soon. And and um, I'm forgetting it. And the quote was something like, um, oh God, it, it's just like I feel like you know, like our hearts have known each other for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And so thank you so much, Callie, for connecting with me.
Thank you so much. It's an honor. You're an angel and you're beautiful. Thank you so you much. You too. It takes one to know one. Oh, no. No, well, you are just sweet through and through. And it's such an honor to be here with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you to all our listeners and supporters. And may you and your loved ones have a very special Easter and Passover. Our show's new hashtag, show someone you care today, was inspired by Carla Gordy Bristol. Thanks, Carla. And this episode is brought to you by RFAM Networks. Have a magical week, everyone. Thank you.